Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, we've been doing a series entitled, Why the Cross? And it's really, to be honest with you, a really good question to wrestle with, whether you are a believer in Jesus Christ or not. We really need to look at why did Jesus have to go through the things that he went through in order for you and I to experience salvation in order for you and I to experience the forgiveness of our sins. And I think it's a good exercise that we've been going through because you kind of need to remember those things because the fact remains that you and I forget. We forget that Jesus died for our sins. We take things for granted. And the reality is is that we need to be reminded And one of the things that we need to be reminded of, and this is where we're going to wrap up our series today, is is that you and I have to make a choice about the cross. You and I have to make a choice about Jesus. And it's almost like a daily choice. Now, choices are something we live with, right? You and I made choices today. In fact, let's talk about that for a moment. Let's talk about choices. Our lives, first thing I want you to see here is our lives are marked, marked by the choices that we make. Our lives are marked by the choices that are, we make. In fact, each day are nothing but a series of choices. You chose what to have for breakfast this morning. Maybe you didn't have breakfast. You chose whether or not to have a coffee. Maybe it's almost like you didn't have a choice. You had to have that coffee to function. Do you know what I'm saying? You chose whether or not to get a shower this morning. You chose what color socks to put on, what shoes to wear, what clothes to wear. You and I make choices every day. Now, some of those choices are small, insignificant choices. Some of them are major. But the fact of the matter is, is our life is filled with choices. You and I have choices that we make. Our, our lives are, are marked by them. Now, here's the second thing I want you to understand. We understand that we can regret the choices we make. Now, as I'm talking about choices and I'm talking about the ones that we make, I know, yes, there are the insignificant ones as far as what to order when you go to a restaurant or whatnot, but there are choices that you and I have made that we live with the regrets of them, right? Some of you are haunted by the choices that you've made in the past. Some of you are constantly reminded. In fact, you have thoughts like this, I wish I could go back and make a different choice, right? I wish things were different. I wish I could go back, but the problem is nobody can go back, right? And and think about it. What, what kind of a boring life would it be if you had to go back every time 
to change every regretful decision that you've made because our lives are filled with them. Our lives are filled with the choices that we make. Now, here's the thing. Why are we talking about choices today, George? Obviously, that's not the point of this series. Well, in a way, it is. We're not talking about the choices that we make per se, but the choice that we have to make if we haven't already made it. We have to make a choice concerning Jesus. We have to make a choice concerning what he did for us. See, the question when you say, why, did, why, did, why would somebody have to do that for our salvation? That really comes out of an issue of unbelief. You're doubting. You're struggling. And you're looking for a reason not to believe. But here's what I want you to see. Is that God wants you to realize that you still have a choice to make. And whether you make a conscious choice or not, you're making a choice. So let's look at a passage. We're just going to look at three verses today from Acts 17. It's Paul's, Paul's discussion or presentation that he makes to all of those who are wise in Athens as they normally listen to new teaching, he presents the gospel to them. And I, I want to pick up with his discussion at verse 29 in chapter 17. Look at what he says here. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked and now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by him whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this all by raising him from the dead. Now here's what we're going to do with these three verses. We're going to talk, first of all, about the freedom to choose. If there's one thing God gives you, he gives you freedom to choose. Then we're going to talk about accountability. See, because the cross and the reality that Jesus Christ went to the cross, that he gave himself on the cross for sin as the payment to God for his wrath, for his judgment against humanity, that requires a choice to be made. But you and I need to understand that we have freedom in what we decide as a choice. But ultimately, with every choice, there's accountability. There's accountability. So let's look at it together. First of all, the freedom to choose. Starts off at verse 29. He says, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like, is like gold or stone or silver, something shaped by art or man's devising. So stop for a moment. He's going to describe everybody in the world as the offspring of God. Everybody who's alive is ultimately a child of God because he's the creator. Not in a specific sense of being a believer, but in the sense that everybody is the creation of God. Now here's what he's going to say here in this verse because of the freedom to choose. There is a tendency to create God in our own image. 
He says to them, we shouldn't try to create God into something that we want him to be. Folks, that's what humanity does. Everybody, I meet people all the time. They'll even quote me the Bible. But the God that they're talking about is not the God of the Bible. They've made the Bible fit what their concept of God is. And to be honest with you, that's understandable because God gave each and every person the freedom to what? Choose. You and I have freedom. He didn't make you robots. He didn't make me robot. He made us individuals who could have choice. And you and I make choices concerning God. So when we talk about the cross, when we talk about Jesus dying on the cross, you have freedom there. But the problem is, is that you and I have a tendency to make God into our own image. We want a God who loves us, cares for us, and will do everything for us. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's why some people struggle with God when he doesn't do what he when they what they want them to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Ever seen somebody are all on fire for God, soon something happens and you never see them again and they're mad at God. Why? They're mad at the God that they created in their own image. Because their concept of God would have saved them from every kind of problem. This is what I want you to understand. You have freedom to choose, but there's a tendency to create God in our own image. And here's what I want you to see. God allows us the freedom to choose. He says, look at with me, truly these times of ignorance, God overlooked. What's he talking about here? The freedom that you and I have to choose whether we choose him or not, the freedom that we have, whether to sin or not, the freedom that we have, whether to do what he tells us to do or not, all of that God is allowing to happen. He is overlooking our ignorance in doing those things. And I notice it's an interesting word there. He's using the word ignorance. Why? Because we're not in our right minds when we choose something else. In fact, when you go to Romans, it's interesting, when you go to Romans chapter 1, he uses a phrase there where he says, God gave them over to their desires. He gave them over. What's that? It's not a nice phrase. He basically said, you do what you want to do, and he let them go do what they wanted to do, and it ended up resulting in what? Destruction. Do you understand what I'm saying? Destruction. Here's what I want you to see. There's a freedom there. You know, one of the hard things for me as a parent, you know, you've heard of a helicopter parent? You ever heard of helicopter parents? Okay, some of you are like, yeah, I understand what a helicopter. I am the extreme of that, okay? I'm not a helicopter. I am I don't know. I mean, I, I am like everywhere. At one time. Okay? But here's what George has got to learn. I got to let him fail. 
They're not going to grow and learn unless they learn to fail. Dad's got to let them fail. Do you know what I'm saying? Dad's got to let them fail. Dad's got to let them make mistakes. Dad's got to give them the freedom to choose. See, that's what God does. God allows you the freedom to choose. God allows you, he gives you over, even to the things that he knows that are bad for you, he gives you that freedom. That's what he's talking about here. We have a tendency to create a God in our own image because we just want to do our own thing and he gives us the freedom to do it. But the problem is, with choices, the chickens come home to roost. There's always an accountability with the choices that we make. Always an accountability. In fact, let's talk about that. Because here's the thing. When I sit there and do several weeks with you about why the cross, why the cross, why the cross, you have freedom to embrace that or reject that. But what we're going to see Paul say here is is that you're accountable. What do you mean? Well, let's look at it here. Look with me. Verse 30. Truly, these time of ignorance God overlooked. Okay, we see the freedom of God. But look, notice the next part of that phrase. But now commands all men everywhere to repent. Here's what I want you to see. God calls us to turn from our choices. Repent. What does that mean? Well, it means to change your mind. It means to change direction. It means to recognize that you're not heading in the right direction and changing the course of your actions because of faith and heading in the direction that he wants you to go. That's what it means. It means I'm heading in a wrong direction. I'm messing up my life. My choices are destroying me. I need to turn from them, and you turn from them. That's what he's calling us to do. He put up with and is putting up with your freedom of choice. But he's now calling you and I to what? Repent. Make another choice. He calls us to turn from our choices. Listen to me. This is the grace of God. Someone said to me, why doesn't he just kill everybody? Well, you know, he could. And he'd be justified in doing that, wouldn't he? Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the fact of the matter is, is God, in his grace and his patience, gives everybody the opportunity to what? Repent. Turn from their choices and what? Turn to him. See, this is the thing about accountability. He calls us to turn from our choices. Some of you are making some wrong decisions and you've made some wrong decisions. You can turn from them. You can choose to go the other way. You don't have to be enslaved to them. How do I know that you can turn from them? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he's given you the ability to what? turn from them. He's given you the ability to turn from them. Here's the second thing I want you to see. God has appointed a day of reckoning. 
There's a day of reckoning, folks. I think we all know that, right? We know that just from life. You know what? Here's the thing. You could, you could maybe work and, 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 and all of a sudden you could decide, you know what? I'm just kind of tired of my job. I just want to lay around the house. And so you decide, I'm just going to lay around the house. I'm going to watch soap operas, whatever that is. And I'm just going to lay around the house. And so you do that for a week or two. And then the bills keep coming because nothing stops because you're still using electricity. Probably using more electricity now because you're watching the TV all the time. And it, and the food bills are there. And, and here's the thing. Your, your bank account, if you had anything in it, starts to dwindle down. And then because of your choice and your decision, there comes a day of what? Reckoning where you realize, hey, I just got a notice of shutting the power off. The fridge is empty. I guess my choice wasn't a good one. See, we understand days of reckoning with the choices that we make now. God is telling us here in this passage that there is a day of reckoning coming. Look with me at verse 31. Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. There's a day of reckoning. You and I are going to be held responsible for the choices that we make, especially the choice concerning Jesus especially the choice concerning Jesus. So let's go back to that first point. He calls you to repent. Because here's the thing. Does anybody know when that day of reckoning is? Well, yeah, George, I know it's the great white throat in the future. Yeah, but do you know when you might prepare to go to then? You know, I just uh, was... The other day, I saw somebody posted a picture of my brother. And so this brought back some memories of 12 years ago. It's going to be 12 years ago that my brother died. He was 38 when he died. I was 39. Nobody ever would have thought that my brother, a police officer, would die from a heart attack. Nobody guessed that. Nobody predicted that. Nobody. And then he was gone. 38. 38, that's a young time to die, isn't it? If you would have said to him that week, hey, at the end of the week you're going to be dead, he would have never even thought that. But his day of reckoning came. Does anybody here know exactly when they're going to die? No. Not unless you've got an execution order and even that you don't know because that might take years. See, the reality is, is there is a day of reckoning that's coming. God has appointed a day of reckoning. Why are you putting such an emphasis on it? Go back to the first point. He calls us to return from our choices. You say, I can put that off. I can put that off. Yes, but you don't know when your day of reckoning is coming. You don't know when your day of reckoning is coming. That's reality. Nobody knows. But the, but that's accountability. And here's what we want you to see on that day of reckoning. The third point here. Humanity will be judged by the one who died for our sin. 
you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with the cross? What does this whole discussion about choices and choosing Jesus have to do with the cross? Why the cross? Well, here's what I want you to see. Here's another reason why the cross. Because the cross gave Jesus the position to judge humanity. He could have judged humanity on his own. But here's the thing. He actually died on the cross for all sin. And he gave everybody the opportunity to accept what he did. And those who haven't, because of their rebellion, he's able to judge all humanity. Every single one of them. Humanity will be judged by the one who died for our sin. Here's the fourth point. The resurrection of Jesus validates the reality of the coming judgment. See, here's the thing. We haven't talked very much about this, but the fact of the matter is, why the cross? Because when Jesus died on the cross, he rose again, folks. And you therefore have forgiveness, and there you therefore have salvation, because he rose from the dead. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, everything that we were talking about right now would be meaningless. Everything. But what he's saying here is this, there is a judgment that's coming. And how do I know that there's a judgment coming? Because he rose from the dead. Look at what it says there, the last part. He has given assurance of this. What's this This he's talking about? The day of reckoning. To all by raising him from the dead. It's coming. You and I have made choices. The day of reckoning is approaching. But you got a chance. You got lots more chances to make right decisions, right choices, and turn and repent. You say, okay, what do we do with this? Well, here's two thoughts. We're going to wrap this series up with these two thoughts. Number one, understand that you still have time to choose Jesus. If you're breathing, you still have time. Now, I don't know how much time. Do you understand? But you still have time. You say, well, George, I've already made that decision. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I have trusted in Jesus. I'm saved. Let's move on because this doesn't really apply to me. Yes, it does. You better believe it does. Because the fact of the matter is, is you might be here and you've chosen Jesus, but that's the end of your decision. There's still a day of reckoning coming. And maybe the fact is, is that you need to continue to choose Jesus in the way that you live your life today. Do you understand what I'm saying now? You say, well, I don't have to worry about hell. No, but there is another judgment coming, a day of reckoning for believers in which you will be judged and it will be given to you based upon what you've done here. And you will be rewarded based upon your obedience here. And some of you have to decide, you know what, I need to start living for 
Jesus. Now, let me just stop for a moment. When I say that, living for Jesus, immediately our mind goes to, well, he's calling me, George is saying I should be a missionary, or, or George is saying I should be a pastor. No, no, I'm not saying that. Living for Jesus means being obedient to what Jesus tells you to do in his word. Period. Where you live right now. See, you need to understand that you still have time to choose Jesus. Some of you, it's for salvation. For some of you, it's the way you live your life right now for him or not. Here's the second thing I want you to see. You will be accountable at any time for the choice you make. You will be accountable at any time for the choice you make. That's reality. That's something that I have to live with. You know what? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and I, and as I am, I've been following Jesus for 32 years, there have been decisions that I have made that have been wrong decisions. And I'll tell you right now, the accountability that God gives to believers isn't necessarily later on. Sometimes it's right now. God deals with me right now about the choices that I make. You and I need to get out of this mindset that we can just do whatever we want. No, there's accountability. And you will be accountable at any time for the choice that you make. Wow, George, that is so... This whole message has been gloomy. Isn't there an encouragement for me? Here it is. You ready? Okay, let's end it with this. The cross. That's the encouragement. What do you mean? That's gloomy too. No, no, listen to me. The cross. Remember, we weren't looking for him to go to the cross. He went to the cross because what? He loved us. Remember, we didn't care about God. We, we were rejecting God, doing our own thing. In fact, that's what some of us are still doing with our choices that we make. But he went to the cross. Why? To pay the price for your sin. The cross. See, here the wonderful thing is, is that sometimes you have to hear the gloomy things to bring you to a point where you recognize the cross, that he loved me in spite of me, that he died for me in spite of me, that he cares for me in spite of me, that he gives grace in spite of me, that he gives me opportunities to make the choice not to do it. you got to go back to the cross. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't walk out of here depressed unless you go to the cross. We gotta go to the cross. That's the blessing. That's the encouragement because there's forgiveness and acceptance at the cross. Not because of you and I, because we make wrong choices, but because of Jesus and his choice to be obedient to the Father to die for us. The cross. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.